Good morning. So, welcome to the last day as Rehope has been for for several years. Very, very exciting. Next week, we we walk into our exciting future together. Now, this has been a multi-year process that included things such as waiting and waiting and waiting and praying and praying and waiting forwards and backwards and waiting excitements and disappointments and and waiting but finally finally we're here i'm excited i'm excited to be here we're walking to our future look uh future together uh, south side location this this coming up sunday and then uh back here in a few weeks after that um just so you know so you can be excited this tuesday toilets tuesday they're starting to work on the toilets uh, yeah uh as they say so toilets tuesday you can make that your instagram hashtag uh um, also, they're going to start the works in here tomorrow morning, and, and so that, that's going to be fun. Our facelift's beginning. Anyway, so uh, I, don't, I don't know everything that there is to know about, about following God, but I have learned that following God is usually not super easy. <laughs> uh, sometimes it, it requires some, some patience and some humility that you just don't anticipate uh, at the beginning. When, when God has this calling on your life— <clears throat> to do something for him, it's usually way bigger than your natural capacity. It's usually beyond, way beyond your natural abilities, and and it's usually well beyond what you would expect you, knowing you, to be able to accomplish unless God actually shows up and helps you in in a dramatic way. Maybe maybe with intervention after intervention, miracle after miracle, um, when God has this call in your life, usually it's, it's quite over our heads. Now, that might sound scary, but actually it's, it's fantastic this way. It's fantastic that way. It, it, we get to live lives that, that prove God can be trusted. We can live lives that prove that He, can, that he shows up, that, that, he, that He does things, because, because His call in our life is beyond us. It, it's terrifying. It's humbling, because we can't really... I don't know if you've figured this out yet, but we can't really control God. <laughs> we can't really say, okay, um, it, here's, I'll schedule in, schedule in your miracles for the week, and uh, this will lower my anxiety if we get this happening by Tuesday, and if we get this happening by Friday. Uh, we can't really control God that way. And so, um, yeah, I remember when I, when I visited Glasgow for the first time and, and I considered moving here to, to start a church, I looked around and I, I thought, okay, this is impossible. This is impossible. This is way beyond anything that I can do. And I was so right. I, I was so right. We failed and we, we struggled and we struggled and we failed and we got stuck until God slowly, slowly, slowly over the years intervened in this moment of co- near collapse and, and intervened in this moment after I thought we were well collapsed and, and just intervened over and over again. And yet here we are. Here we are uh, going from just one location in Glasgow to, t- to two locations. There's a reason why in the Bible, when God's calling people to something, when God's calling people to, to their next, there's a repeated, a repeated phrase that keeps showing up over and over again. And you know it if you've, if you've glanced through the Bible. It's the phrase, be strong and courageous. 
And even sometimes, be strong and very courageous. When God calls us in, into, into his, his plans and purposes for our lives, uh, that is the accompanying encouragement. Be strong and courageous. Today we're going to talk about when God calls. We're going to talk about when God calls. When God says, hey, here's something specific for your life. Here's something that I have specifically uh, for you and, and, and for your, your future. Usually it's daunting and beyond us. Sometimes we discover in our teens like Joseph, but then don't actually get to it. And Joseph doesn't get to it until his 30s, and he's got some, some difficult years between God's revelation of his future and, and him being able to get there. Um, I, got, I got my calling when I was 14 years old, and, and I moved here in my uh, 20s, my late, late 20s, late <laughs> if you're 27 you're in your late 20s uh how's that uh, all right so uh, moses moses gets his call when he's 80 uh you know it doesn't matter like a specific call when he's 80 it, it, we don't always know when god's going to to be calling us or, or revealing some specific plans for his life but when he does when he does do that one thing is always required it's to be to be strong and courageous or very courageous because the calling is big. Well, let's look at this together. In case you're new here or visiting, we're in a series entitled Make a Difference. Learning to follow God well. And, and part of learning to follow God well is, is trusting Him with, with strength and courage when He gives you a specific task or a specific calling on, on your life. In this study thus far, we've been looking at three people in three consecutive generations. We started looking at this woman named Samuel at the beginning of the book of First Samuel. No, her name... <laughs> We're in the book of 1 Samuel. Uh, we're looking, she's looking at a woman named Hannah. Nothing, no. Okay, Hannah. And we looked at her for about five weeks, and then we started looking at her son, uh, a man by the name of Samuel. Today we're starting to look at our third person of the three, um, a, a man by the name of Saul, who's, begin, who's going to become the first king of Israel. And I just gave it away. Last week, we, we started looking at chapters 9 and 10 uh, of, of the book of 1 Samuel, and we're going to do that again today. Last week, we looked at it through the eyes of Samuel, but now, starting this week and then continuing next week, we're going to be looking at these same chapters now through the eyes of Saul. So if you have your Bibles, I'm going to be starting at the beginning of 1 Samuel chapter 9. The words are going to be on the screen, and let's, let's, start, uh, let's start looking at this together. Okay, 1 Samuel chapter 9, verse 1. There was an influential man of Benjamin named Kish, son of Abiel, son of Zeror. Oh, I should have practiced this. I, I, I did this last week. Son of Bechoroth, son of Aphias, son of a Benjamite. Uh, he had a son named Saul, a much easier name, an impressive young man. There was no one more impressive among the Israelites than he. He stood a head taller than anyone else. One day, the donkeys of Saul's father, Kish, wandered off. Kish said to his son, Saul, take one of the attendants with you and go look for the donkeys. Saul and his attendant went through the hill country of Ephraim and then through the region of Shalisha. Shalisha. 
But they didn't find them. They went through the region of Shalim. Nothing. Nothing. Then they went through the Benjamite region, but still didn't find them. When they came to the land of Zuf, Saul said to the attendant who was with him, Come, come on. Let's go back, or my father will stop worrying about the donkeys and start worrying about us. Look, the attendant said, there's a man of God in this city who is highly respected. Everything he says is sure to come true. Let's go there now. Maybe he'll tell us which way we should go. Suppose we do go, Saul said to his attendant. What do we take the man? The food from our packs is gone, and there is no gift to take the man of God. What do we have? The attendant answered Saul, Here, I have a piece of silver. I'll give it to the man of God, and he, and he will tell us our, our way. Formerly in Israel, a man who was going to inquire of God would say, Come, let's go see the seer. For the prophet of today was formerly called the seer. And that was an extra bit that I don't think was on the screen. Uh, anyways, so this is how the story begins. This is how Saul's story begins. He, he, the process of him becoming king, but just like is true of, of, of almost anyone, usually we have no idea. We will wake up in the morning having no idea when God is about to totally redirect our lives. We'll, we'll wake up, we won't see it coming, and then God will speak. Point number one. When God calls, it can be unexpected. It can be unexpected. In this story, Saul is just doing life. He's serving his family well. And then all of a sudden, God's about to completely interrupt it. He's completely interrupt it, call him into his future. Now, one of the things that I find striking about this story is how much it matches um, our experience here as a church and probably your own lives. This is this is very uh, practical example. Now, um, before I say any more about about uh, this as an example, I think I may need to make one important comment. Not every event in our lives is saturated. It's, it, not every event in our lives is heavy with meaning. Okay? Not everything in our lives is heavy with meaning. Not every challenge, not every victory is heavy with meaning. And yet, and yet, I also want to say that we can't ignore we can't ignore the possibility that God is about his intentional good work. That God is about his intentional good work in our lives through what we perceive as entirely annoying circumstances. A couple examples as a church. Uh, 2010, very annoying season for, for myself and for us as a staff. We were stuck. We were frustrated. We were meeting at, at a church um, over that direction. We were meeting at four in the afternoon. And we, we had been there for a year and a half or just over a year. And we renegotiated our deal with them. And the deal was basically this. We will pay you 500 more pounds a month, which is... I, I think it's a lot of money. We'll pay you 500 more pounds a month, and, and then we will have the, and then we, but we want to be able to put a sign outside on the wall, wherever you want us to put it, we'll put it there. 
And we want to be able to hang the speakers in the room so that we don't have to keep setting it up and tearing it down every week. They said, that sounds great. We like that idea. We'll, we'll, we'll meet, approve. In fact, we talked about here's where the sign's going to go and here's where the speaker's going to go. We had them drawn up and, and all the plans. And so we started paying them 500 pounds a month and they were going to be getting us this contract to sign. And yet a month would go by, no contract, no signs, no permission to hang the speakers. Yes, yes, yes. Another month went by, paying them 500 pounds, no contract. No, no. Another month went by, 500 pounds, no ability. To put, this happened like four or five months, and, and people were getting frustrated. We are paying them so much more, and they just won't get us this contract to be able to, to get this happening, and we're feeling stuck, and we're feeling frustrated. And I just remember having one of those God moments where like, oh... I think God might be in this frustration. I think God might be at work. And I remember having a chat with some of our, from our staff at that time who were, who were particularly frustrated, especially Andy, who was our, our worship leader at the time. And he was having to set up and tear down and, 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 and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, no, okay, Andy, I, I know that this is frustrating and it seems unfair because we're paying 500 more pounds a month for nothing more. And, and they're not holding up their end of the deal and you're having to do all this extra work. Hold on, I think God might be in this moment. And as it turned out, after all those months went by, we found out about this place, and in just a few short months, we ended up moving into here, and we, we weren't locked into a contract, and we hadn't spent all the money on the speakers, and we hadn't spent the money on the sign, and we hadn't, we, 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 we had a big savings, and we weren't locked in there. It just worked out perfectly. Sometimes when we're in, those, uh, in a season that seems unfair and frustrating, actually God's good hand is at work in our lives. In, the, in, a, in a story that you're, you're pro- pretty much probably all familiar with, the lady wouldn't move out of the, of the house at the, ch- the Southside Church building. And, and, and November, we came to the end of November and she wouldn't move out and it was frustrating. We're like, we've raised all this money and we finally, we have it here in the very week we need it and she won't move out and so we can't, and so we have to delay the church and blah, 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 blah. And, and it became this big, big frustration thing. I wish I had a clue that God was in that frustration. I had no idea how he was going to orchestrate the next, the next uh, 60 days and, and how over that period of time he was going to use that intensely frustrating delay to, to save us 150,000 pounds. In this story, in this story, Saul is spending days searching for his father's donkeys. He's spending days. They can't find him. They've gone through all these regions, these pesky, annoying donkeys. They're, they're now getting out of food. They don't really have much left. They can't find them. But little did he know that God was using this frustration moment, this irritating moment to lead him into his good future and actually to impact his nation. I suppose a simple story might, or a simple question might be, question, might God be at work in your irritating moment of frustration? Might God be unknowingly directing your steps right now even though you feel frustrated, irritated, stuck? Again, not every frustration moment is, is heavy with meaning, but most of us, most of us could, could use a little bit of lowering our frustrations 
of lowering our flesh. I'm preaching at myself big time. Big time. Lowering of our frustrations and pondering the potential good work of God taking place. God, I'm frustrated. Uh, are you actually at work in your goodness and I just can't see it? Open my eyes. Give me at least a little bit of a nudge of some, some sort of a thing. Are you at work in my circumstances? I would, have never fru- I would have never guessed that the frustrations of November would have, would have led to a savings of 150000 Who could guess that, right? And yet, yet God was at work in that frustrating delay. Uh, I guess I classify all delays as frustrating. So uh, in, in that moment of delay, uh, it reminds me of, of that uh, verse in the New Testament in Romans 8 where Paul, where Paul is, is writing and, and he says, all things work together for the good of those who love God, those who are called according to his Purpose. It's such a popular verse, and, and maybe it's overused sometimes, or maybe even overapplied at times, but I think I need to start applying that a bit more personally. I, I might end, need to hold on to this one a little bit more tightly than I have been. That all things work together for the good of those who love God, those who are called according to his purpose. Okay, well. <clears throat> Uh, God is in the process of calling Saul, and he, he doesn't know that. And God gets Saul to Samuel via frustrating circumstances. Now, God could have just told Samuel, go, go to Kish's house. You know, Kish, he's influencer, influential man, the tribe of Benjamin. Go to Kish's house and anoint his son. Uh, you'll know the one. He's impressive looking. He's the most impressive looking man in the whole nation. You know, that, that sort of a thing. He didn't do it that time. He does that with David later. He, he, God did do this with, Sam, he said, Samuel, go to Bethlehem and, and, and go anoint David. Uh, I'll show you who it's gonna be. But this time, he, God uses frustrating circumstances. And then, when, once, once uh, Saul gets directed to Samuel via frustrating and annoying cir- circumstances, then, then we're going to go on in our reading and we're going to see, we're going to look at a little bit of what we saw last week. So I'm not going to read the whole thing. But basically, Saul comes to this town looking for Samuel. And Samuel has been told in advance that Saul's going to show up today. And so he has a feast prepared in his honor. Uh, a few verses from that section, just so we're not totally lost. In verse 18 of chapter 9, we read, Saul approached Samuel at the gate area and asked, would you please tell me where the seer's house is? I am the seer, Samuel answered. Go up ahead of me to the high place and eat with me today. When I send you off in the morning, I'll tell you everything that's in your heart. As for the donkeys that wandered away from you three days ago, don't worry about them because they've been found. And who does all Israel desire but you and all your father's family? Saul responded, Am I not a Benjamite from the smallest of Israel's tribes? And isn't my clan the least important of all the clans of the Benjamite tribes? So why have you said something like this to me? Okay, and then we're going to skip ahead a little bit. There's a feast. There's a feast, and, and he gets honored at the feast. Verse 26 They got up early, just before dawn. Samuel called to Saul, called Saul to. 
Samuel called to Saul on the roof. Get up and I'll send you on your way. Saul got up and both he and Samuel went outside. As they were going down to the edge of the city, Samuel said to Saul, tell the attendant to go on ahead of us but you stay for a while and I'll reveal the word of God to you. So the attendant went on. Samuel took the flask of oil, poured it out on Saul's head, kissed him and said, hasn't the Lord anointed you ruler over his inheritance? Okay. So Saul's been brought to this moment where God is now calling him and revealing to him his in future and, and it's unexpected from his point of view, like totally unexpected from his point of view. And God guides him here via frustration, but now he's been anointed with oil and, and set apart as king. Uh, okay, so that was sudden from his perspective. I want to just make a quick comment because it's, it's here in the passage about oil about anointing with, with oil, just really quickly. When we see this in the Bible, it, it usually has to do with setting apart someone for God's work in them or God's work through them. I guess a person or, a, a, or an object. For God's work in them or God's work through them. So for instance, the, the priests are anointed with oil and they're, they're set apart for the work of, of worship uh, uh, and, and just for all their priestly duties. Um, kings were, were anointed with oil and they're set apart for God's leadership uh, leadership work, God leading uh, them and leading the nation through them. Um, stuff like temple stuff was anointed with oil to, to have it purified and cleansed for God's holy purposes. In the New Testament, you even see things like in James chapter 5 where sick people are to be anointed with oil so that they might be healed, set apart for God's work of healing in them. Uh, personally, before I moved to Scotland, uh, uh, Kelly and I were anointed with oil and commissioned, set apart for the work of moving here and, and starting a church here. We, it's not uncommon for us as, as a church to anoint people with oil and commission them into to, uh, new, new eras of ministry and things like that. Uh, maybe if, if you're being prayed for from time to time, people might say, hey, can I anoint you with oil for healing? It, it's... Um, it's, it's just part of, it's a very biblical thing to use oil to set people apart for, for ministry or for healing. We're going to do that at the end of the service here. We're going we're gonna to anoint the, the leadership of the South Side with oil, and we're going to pray and commission them. And that's, that's what we're doing. We're setting them apart for God's leadership um, purposes for, for our church that's going to be on the, on the South Side. Okay, so it's, it's not nothing. It's extremely spiritually significant. It's extremely spiritually significant. We're going to anoint them with oil, but um, we're not going to kiss them. That's, that's, we're going to edit that bit of the story out. Okay. <clears throat> okay, so that's the basic deal with, with being uh, uh, anointed. Uh, back to this, back to this idea of being uh, called by God. So let's say you're sitting here today. No, you are. Uh, you're sitting here today and you're thinking, okay. I want to know. I want to know what God wants me to be doing with my life. I, 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 I want him to tell me what, what his call, what his frustrating, or no, not what his frustrating call is. <laughs> I want him to tell me what his, his big plans and purposes are for my, my life. Okay, I love that heart. I love that God-seeking heart. God, what do you want me to do with my life? If you're sitting here and you, and you have that, uh, maybe a little bit of angst, I don't know what you want me to do. Um, okay, great. I love that. 
Here's my advice to you. Listen and seek, but don't freak. Okay? Listen and seek, but don't freak. Sometimes God will give us direction, even at moments like this. He'll kind of speak and nudge our hearts. And, and, and may that be for some of you, even right now in this time and in this place. Um, sometimes God reveals that sort of thing, maybe in a period of, of seeking him and in prayer and fasting. But sometimes God knows it's really, gr- it's going to be way better for you not to know right now. Because if, if you know right now, because of whatever his calling and purpose is, maybe it would just freak you out. Maybe it would, it, would, it would fill your life with frustration and angst because you're not anywhere close to that right now. Uh, maybe it would lead to impatience or whatever. God has his reasons for So listen and seek. That's good. But don't freak. Okay? In the meantime, live a godly life. Live a godly life. We all have general callings from God. Uh, and what I mean by general callings of God, all believers have general callings from God, things such as encourage one another daily, as long as it's called a day, uh, testifying about Jesus' life and, and uh, his work in our life and, and, our, and the salvation that we have in Jesus. All believers are to bear one another's burdens. All believers are to serve. All believers are to love one another. All believers are to be growing and becoming mighty people of prayer. Uh, all believers are called to love God and to cultivate their love for God and, and his word, uh, the Bible. Um, all believers are called to generosity and, and offer and all that. There's lots of things that, that um, we're generally called to. And so while we're waiting and while we're not freaking out, we're going to continue to do those, those general callings that we all have. But as far as specific callings go, and receiving a specific calling, some of you might be like, okay, how, how would I know if I've got one? How would I know if God was going to reveal, uh, reveal a specific calling to me? How would I know? Now, again, God, in this moment, if, if you've spoken clearly to, to people in this room about this, bring it to mind again. Help them remember at this time, even if it was ages ago, years ago, decades ago, if you've spoken, help, help them remember. In the Bible, uh, there's lots of different ways that God brings about special callings. Uh, sometimes by a dream, by a vision, by an angel, by answering a vow or a prayer request. God, if you do this for me, then I will dedicate my life to... Um, sometimes a person who hears from God, like a prophet. Uh, a prophet or, or a, b- a believer who has God's spirit in them, they might just be like, you know, I, I think God's saying this, and you want to test that. Um, sometimes... Sometimes God's spirit just comes upon you for a task. You start doing something and then God's spirit shows up and, and you do it and, and you're like, oh, this is, what God, this is what God has empowered me to be about. And, it, and, his, and his empowerment just comes on you for a task. Or some people, just God's spirit speaking to you in any number of ways, maybe during Bible reading or, or a time of prayer or while you're watching a movie, definitely it happens, or while you're reading a book at any part. Part of my calling to Scotland was via an extended season of grief. 
Uh, I was grieving the, the death of the church in Europe or the dying of the church in, in, in Europe. And God used that to redirect my, my thoughts from Bible translation in like Irian Jaya, Africa with Wycliffe to, to pastoral ministry in well, what, what is now, where I'm now here. I'm here in Scotland. And so that redirection, uh, God would use the season of grief and speaking to me about my own heart and my own griefs. There, there's so many ways that, that God can, can start working to reveal his callings in your life. So God calls us, God calls Saul, and then he confirms it, and he confirms it. And this is what we see in chapter 10, verse 2. Today, Samuel speaking to Saul, when you leave me, you'll find two men at Rachel's grave at Zelza in the land of Benjamin. They will say to you, the donkeys you went looking for have, have been found, and now your father has stopped being concerned about the donkeys and is worried about you, asking, what should I do about my son? You will proceed from there until you come to the oak of Tabor. Three men are going up to God. Three men going up to God at Bethel will <clears throat> meet you there, one bringing three goats, one bringing three loaves of bread and one bringing a skin of wine. They will ask you how you, they will ask how you are and give you two loaves of bread, which you will accept from them. After that, you will come to the hill of God where there are Philistine garrisons. garrisons. When you arrive at the city, you will meet a group of prophets coming down from the high place prophesying. They will be preceded by harps, tambourines, flutes, and lyres. The, the, the good kind of liars, not the bad kind of liars. The Spirit of the Lord will control you. You will prophesy with them, and you will be transformed into a different person. When these signs have happened to you, do whatever your circumstances require, because God is with you. Afterward, go ahead of me to Gilgal. I will come to you and to offer burnt offerings and to sacrifice fellowship offerings. Wait seven days until I come to you and show you what to do. When Saul turned around to leave Samuel, God changed his heart. And all the signs came about that day. Number two, when God calls, he confirms. <clears throat> so in this case, uh, this is how you want God to confirm, right? Here's four very unlikely and miraculous things that are going to happen to you in one day, and you'll just know. Uh, that's how I would like it to happen. <clears throat> So Saul's told what's going to happen, and those are going to be the signs. Um, sometimes God will give, give signs. He gives, throughout the Bible, God gives signs. But many times, we experience confirmation, maybe in prayer, or in Bible reading, or sometimes God nudges the hearts or confirms in our spirits what, what is right. There, there's this thing called double confirmation, that where, where um, you might get the same message from a different person. Like, I feel like God's saying to me that I need to be doing with this with my life, and then out of nowhere, uh, maybe a friend of yours said, hey, you know, have you ever thought about doing this? And you're like, huh, funny, funny about that. And then, you know, God just kind of confirms with, with some other voices. During the worship night a few weeks ago in January, in here, um, God spoke to me. I was kind of standing right here. And God said, the time of blessed subtraction is over and the time of healing and ab abundance has begun or has come. 
And, and I, I, that I wrote it down and it struck me because I'm like, abundance. I never use the word uh, abundance. And then, then Ruth Cobbin, Ruth Cobbin, wherever she went, she was, she was here. Uh, Ruth Cobbin came up right afterwards and was, and was saying, I've been pray- I was praying. And then she said the word abundance. And, 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 and the word abundance... Hey, Cobbs. Uh, the word abundance, and I was like, that's weird. And then, and then Heather, who's on our staff in the Belfast church, she, was, she felt like God was saying the word abundance. And then somebody came in here and is like, I haven't been coming here for a while, but I feel like God's word is abundance. And it's like, okay, that's, I get it. I get it. There, there's, there's like a quadruple confirmation about what God's, God's saying. And, and, and I, I love that. But, and, and may that be true for, for, for you, sometimes though, when God calls us into something or when he says something about, calls us into something, we, we're afraid because it's, it's daunting and we want confirmation and so we seek it and we wait for it and then we get some, but oof, that could have just happened. And then we seek some more and then we get some and we're like, oh, but really? And then we seek some and then we get more and, and we just keep stalling because we're afraid and God keeps saying, I'm, this is me and you're like but just one more one of the common ways in the Bible God confirms is when people start acting and then he comes along and empowers they hear and they step forward in faith and then God joins them and helps them and intervenes in, in some sort of way where we're like I just want Confirmation, confirmation, confirmation before I move anywhere, before I do anything. Yeah, lots of times it's confirmed on the way. Anyways, when God calls, he confirms. He confirms. And then there's more. We keep reading here in verse 9. So when Saul turned around to leave Samuel, God changed his heart, and all the signs came about that day. When Saul and his attendant arrived at Gibeah, a group of prophets met him. Then the Spirit of God took control of him, and he prophesied along with him. Everyone who knew him previously and saw him prophesying, prophesied with the prophets asked each other, What has happened to the son of Kish? Is Saul also among the prophets? Then a man who was uh, from there asked, And who is their father? As a result, is Saul also among the prophets? Question Became a popular saying, Oh, full stop, that's where I'm going to stop. Became a popular saying. Full stop. So God empowers Saul with the Holy Spirit. Samuel had said that Saul would prophesy, and he had never prophesied in his entire life. He had never had that experience, but God said he was going to do it, and he was going to do it when when he meets the prophets. It's not anything that Saul could manufacture on his own, but number three, when God calls, he empowers when God calls, he empowers us. When he, when he calls, he empowers us. And when he calls us to do things that we're not, we don't, we, we've never done before, we don't know how to do it. If he's asking, he's going to empower. So, <clears throat> God will give you everything you need to do everything he needs you to do, to do everything he wants you to do, exactly when you need it. God's going to give you everything you need to do everything that he wants you to do. 
And he'll give you that empowerment exactly when you need it. Peter writes generically, God's divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. Paul is a lot more specific as he writes about spiritual gifts and and helps and how, and and God's unique um, empowerment in the lives of people, each to their own uh, tasks, such as if it's administration or or, uh, evangelism or hospitality. And there's many, I'm just kind of blanking at the moment, but but God, God's empowerment for, for people is, is specific to each person and to God's anointing and, and call on their lives. You have been perfectly designed, uh, created, and empowered for, for what God is calling you to do. And, and if, you're, if you're not yet... When the time comes and, and that's needed, you'll, you'll, you'll be there. I used to be um, a worship leader. Don't tell anybody. I used to be a, a worship leader. And, and at that time of my life, I was empowered to do that. I, am, I don't believe, I, I can't say I'm not. I don't know. Uh, but uh, now I'm empowered to do something differently. I'm not going to give it away. But uh, I tend to work on a different way, empowered for what I'm supposed to be doing now. That's true for me. It's going to be true for you. But the exhortation continues to be, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous because if God's asking you to do something, if he calls you to do something, he will also empower you as needed, when needed, for when that time comes. Sometimes you feel like you needed it yesterday. God knows when it's actually needed. That's number three. There's one more thing to note, though, and it was back in verse nine. Uh, when Saul turned around to leave Samuel, God changed his heart. Number four, when God calls, he changes hearts. <clears throat> now, if you're a believer, the Bible is very clear. When God called you into salvation, he gave you a new heart. When, when, when you gave your life to Jesus, you, you became a new creation being, and, and God gave you his God gave you a new heart and you have the spirit of God in you. You've been given a new heart for the things of God. But also, when, when God calls, oftentimes when God calls us to do things we don't want to do, but as we step out in obedience and faith, he, he also can change our hearts in our callings about, about it. So that maybe, maybe we, we get a calling from God and we're like, no, 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 don't send me to Edinburgh. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, Edinburgh, I understand. He uh, can change your, your, your heart on the way. I mean, anything's possible. When, when I visited Glasgow for the first time, honestly, in 2002, I hated it. I, I was like, no way, no way. Uh, I have good news. <laughs> God definitely changed my heart. God definitely changed my heart. But at first, I had the call, and I was like, oh. And now I'm like, yes, yes. And so God just does that. He, when God calls, he changes, he changes hearts on the way. Praise God for that. Whew. Too much information on that one? I hope not. God calls us in general ways. Also in specific ways. And when he does, may be unexpected, 
It may not even be wanted. It may not be what you were hoping for from our perspective. I have no idea what God is going to ask of you specifically throughout the course of your life. But when he calls, be ready to say yes. Be ready to say yes. When when he calls, be strong and very courageous when he calls. Because no matter how impossible God's path for you seems at a moment uh, or a thousand moments along the way even, be strong and very courageous courageous because the same God who calls confirms, the same God who calls empowers, and the same God who calls changes hearts and can change hearts along the way. In light of that, I have three challenges for us today. Challenge number one is this. If you are experiencing frustrations... Go on a prayer walk and, and ask how God is at work directing your steps at this frustrating time. If you're, at a, if, you're at, if you're experiencing frustration, go on a prayer walk and ask how God is at work directing your steps in this frustrating time. Ah, hopefully that'll bring you peace and perspective. Uh, secondly, have you... Have you ever had a moment where you felt God has called you to something specific and beyond you? I've been asking that God would remind you if that's been the case, uh, and that would come to mind. Um, But maybe spend a little bit more time if you're like, I'm not really sure. Um, Seeking God about that. Have you already, and I've just forgotten. Thirdly, make a list of times in the past where you have experienced God's empowerment and help. This is a courage list. This is a courage list for the, to remember for the days ahead. So just make that list. Okay, I was afraid in this moment and God helped me. I was frustrated in this moment and God intervened. I needed help and here's what God did. Make yourself a courage list. A when has God helped me and when I experienced the power, empowerment of God in the past. Want to follow God well? Be strong and very courageous. And be ready to say yes when God calls.